0: Welcome to Goals and Shit, the podcast where we explore identity, ego, the struggle, and success. I know that sounds heavy, but it's also funny as hell. So join us as we maneuver through life and its challenges. Hey guys, welcome back to Goals and Shit. I am Alexandria Collins. And I'm Essie Amour. And it's Clacia. And today we're going to talk about beauty standards in life, in the industry, uh, how we perceive them as Black women, uh, because it's changing. A lot has changed since we were kids. Yes. For sure. Yes. So uh, let's start there. What is your experience of beauty? What did you define beauty as as a child? And did you feel that you were beautiful? Why or why not? Who wants to go first?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a deep question. I mean, I'm just. I can't really remember, like, all, all I can remember is being called African booty scratcher mm. a lot and being called darky a lot, especially in elementary school. Being dark skinned was like the last thing on the list. Um, I just remember light being better. It was just as simple as that. I didn't really have a particular person that I remember that was like, I want to be just like her. Um, it wasn't easy being a second generation Ghanaian American. You know, so my mother tried her best, but she wasn't born and raised in America. So it was such a different way of trying to motivate your child and tell her that you're beautiful because, you know, living in Ghana, most people look like you. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Now, definitely, there was still a lot of like, um, there was still a lot of struggle because even Ghana now, if you're fair you're still consider considered as beautiful. And back then, my mom's generation, a lot of people were bleaching. So they had their whole mm-hmm. thing. But, girl, all I remember is dark was not beautiful.
2: That's so interesting. So, like, Central Florida is known for, like, its very high, like, Latino population. Mm-hmm. So I grew up around a lot of Puerto Ricans, a lot of Mexicans, just a lot of Hispanic people. And so I just remember thinking, like, oh my gosh, Genesis is so beautiful, right? Like the Latina girl that, like, I could never look like in a million years. I didn't come from that culture. Like, it just felt like that's what all the, um, that's what all the talk was about, right? And this is like pre Kylie Jenner. Like, we didn't have, you know, if makeup wasn't as accessible and <laughs> as you know, beat our faces were not beat <laughs> at <laughs> all. So we had to work with what we had to work with. I just remember pulling my hair into a ponytail and dealing with, you know, Florida humidity and like people, (laughs) you know, calling it a cotton puff. And it was just weird. It was just like a very strange time. And so, so to kind of have your standards of beauty, really like the, the people who were representing beauty around you be like, not from your culture, not from your ethnic background at all. Like that was really um, marginalizing, I think Um, so much so that like, I think even now, you know, I would say if you told me to pick someone who is beautiful, I'd probably pick like a Latino woman. You know, I think that's probably the first person that comes to mind. Right. It's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah I, um, I grew up with a really weird, it flipped for me because as a kid, I thought I was just like super regular. Right. And then I started getting picked on because I was a very skinny girl. But also because my hair was really long, I think people would perceive me as pretty, but I was still like, you know, darker skinned, brown skinned girl. So I remember people being like, this was in high school. One guy was like, ah, you can't turn me down. You're not light skinned. Like, mm. if I was a light-skinned girl, I mm. would have the ability to turn him down. The privilege. Right. But because I'm brown-skinned, I'm supposed to accept you a raggedy, dusty ass. <laughs> like, <laughs> get like, out of here. Like, light No. About, yeah. Like, get out of here, sir. But because okay. I have longer hair... I just remember being so prized for that and thinking that I was Native American. You know everybody was like, Uh oh, you got some Indian in you, all this stuff. And so that made me feel beautiful. And then Mm -hmm. once I started modeling in middle school, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay, so maybe I am pretty, even though I'm skinny, you know, so I was like picked on, but also at the same time liked by people. I remember even as a kid, like black boys never really liked me, but like in middle school and high school, the white boys did. And I think it's because my body type looked closer to what they were used to. But for the Black guys, I was just a skinny, lanky girl. So I wasn't as attractive as some of the other Black, world, black girls at school who had more curves. So it was always a weird thing for me. And I think I began to then over-identify with my appearance as being what makes me beautiful instead of my intelligence, personality, you know, character, all that stuff. And that becomes a whole other thing when you like value yourself based on your looks. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really complicated for me to look at myself. And then, you know, once my hair started to really break off from relaxers in high school and my hair was like super short and that became a whole thing, too. I mean, there was so much in my hair that when I went natural in college, my dad was freaking out because I was I had nappy hair I had really coarse thick hair mm-hmm. and they just always thought that I was gonna have like wavy hair if I was natural because that's just what they decided to put on me um yeah
2: and the ways were considered to be better
0: oh for sure I remember more
2: appealing yeah mm-hmm. when I went
0: natural my aunt uh because my hair was like super kinky mm-hmm. she looked at like the nape of my neck and the hair on my neck because that's a little bit uh looser she was like oh and she has good hair look like pulling at the oh, oh, pulling wow. at the hair on the nape of my neck to identify <laughs> that I was not as what, much of a negro well, yeah <laughs> as I it's am not
2: much of a negro yeah she, <laughs> she dismissed Africa like all the way yeah, yeah that's yeah. so crazy There's how to
0: do that to ourselves, yeah disassociating from your black. I mean and that mm-hmm. was just early 2000s you know era Chris Brown and all those boys who have yeah, light-skinned yeah, yeah. girls and their music videos and all that oh, they stuff. They have
1: them now. I mean, yeah. yes, it's changing. You're starting to see more women of more women of darker skin complexion, but it still has a very long way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mine is just even a little, it's just complex too in its own identity of African and African-American. Mm-hmm. Dealing with the pressures of being dark-skinned here in America and then the pressures of being dark skin in Africa. Let me say specifically Ghana because it's it's different. Because in Ghana, you can physically see people erasing their melanin, mm-hmm. and it's it's scary. And people going as far as taking pills, consuming it into their bodies to be fair. Mm-hmm. You know, like I worked in the industry in Ghana. We used to do a lot of music videos, and I would ask. Why are we using so many light-skinned women as lead roles in
2: Ghana? Yeah, aren't most people darker-skinned? Yes.
0: Black?
2: Yeah, and I, I mean, plus the sun. So even if you started off lighter, <laughs>
1: <laughs> girls, so you can just imagine yeah. what you're doing to your skin. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, that colonization, which was also, you know, still not, not necessarily done in America, like like in Ghana or Africa, but the idea that white is better was definitely drilled in Africa and you can see that. And so it's just like, you're fighting with that as well. I used to ask taxi drivers just heading home. So do you like women who bleach? No, no, I don't like it. That toy. No, I don't like it. But then I said, why do women do it? And they, they keep saying because they feel like they will look more pretty. And then most men I've spoken to, they're like, I just want a woman who's natural if she's naturally dark, beautiful, if she's naturally fair, beautiful, but I don't want a woman to change the way she looks. Mm -hmm. And especially when it starts to damage your health. And I think in America, we don't necessarily use bleach like we do in Africa, but mentally we're also losing ourselves. Mm -hmm. So it just depends on like which side of the coin you're on. Mm -hmm. So it's just interesting, especially being a dark woman.
0: Yeah. How did you guys, you know, since we're all in the industry, we've all acted in some ways, but then also just, you know, being in corporate America, you know, looking for jobs, looking to become professional women in whatever field. Have you felt that beauty, even like not even just complexion, but the the idea of beauty, has that played a role in how you operate in the world? so that 's interesting, because even when we talk about you know women in the workplace or women that are looking for careers in film, you know, we 've all acted in some way, but um, even just going into a boardroom or whatever, do you feel like beauty or some standard of beauty has played a role in your life so how you know what what does that mean for you? Um, I know for me i 'll start um, I feel like there's definitely this standard of beauty that gives you access to certain things but then you can be become you can feel fetishized like I remember a lot of this happened when I lived in New York a few years ago but like me being a tall you know thin black woman who was an actor model uh, I feel like a lot of people were interested in or excited about me but I definitely felt like I was Isolated in some of those rooms because I would be like the one black woman that was accepted because I could hang out with the people in the Hamptons. You know what I mean? Like I could I could work in that environment because I wasn't threatening. Rather, that's mm-hmm. like, was, like my blackness wasn't threatening to them because they considered that black beauty beautiful. But I still felt like, oh, I'm someone's pet, like like your mm-hmm. pet black friend. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I, for a while, if I'm honest, I think I was okay with that role. Mm-hmm. You know, I realized within the last few years that so that's really frustrating and, and annoying. And like, I don't like being in spaces where I'm the only person of color. Whereas a few years ago, I just thought, oh, well, that's, I guess, my role. That's just kind of how I operate in the world, because I thought it was like me being globalized and, you know, multicultural, mm-hmm. uh, all the stuff that they tell you so that you don't love your Blackness. Um, but yeah, that's my that's my experience. What about you guys?
2: Yeah, I I definitely hear you when you say, you know, being a non-threatening Black girl, because I like, I feel that so like, like intrinsically, I think I smile a lot more at work. Like I definitely notice I'm the first to introduce myself to someone else. Like, I don't know Mm -hmm. what my resting face looks like. But Mm -hmm. I remember in high school, this girl um, told me, you know, after we become friends hanging out for a while she told me oh wow Kalisha you're so much nicer than I thought you were going to be and I was like confused right because like where did you from where did you get that I was going to be like mean or like a, a horrible person and she just said like you just look like you know you just look like a bitch and she just straight up called me out on what she thought I was going to be right and So I I, I definitely like identify with at least the non-threatening aspect of it. Right. I definitely feel like I try to smile more. I definitely feel like if I'm going in and meeting new people, I'll try to overly empathize with their lives and their stories and try to help them find the commonality between us. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but people are weird when they talk to black women. They're like, I don't. I don't know what to say. Like, you know, you could you'd feel the pause, right? And it's just like we could talk about like, you know, Lincoln Park or something. Like talk about whatever you want to talk about. I know, you know, it's That's funny, a, but it's like to be black is to know not only black references, but everybody else's. So yeah. just open your mouth. I guarantee you there's like a something that we have in common. And so for me, like when we're talking about the beauty of Blackness, right, and growing up to understand that beauty, I definitely think I found it in high school and I was at a place where I would have considered myself beautiful. But at the same time, I thought that there were still others more beautiful. Like I was never the goal. I was like, you know, maybe like a six on the scale of something, right? this scale that like once again doesn't really exist but something that we just have in our minds yeah hmm. Sorry, I'm thinking all this time oh, you I had see. to
1: think no because it's like everybody's story is different right yeah. um I think what I can talk about is it's interesting right if it's like an intimate space where you're trying to get to talk to somebody or like to a guy it's Mm -hmm. different than me going to work like or going in on an interview Mm -hmm. I don't feel like necessarily my skin color may be more intimidating than my identity as a woman inside like my African heritage. Mm -hmm. Right. Because before it wasn't until I probably went to FAMU, shout out to FAMU, best HBCU in the land (laughs) until I really was able to, um, not even accept, but take charge of who I was Mm -hmm. and my beauty, Mm -hmm. you know? So Mm -hmm. it's like, now I carry this with me everywhere I go and I know people feel it. Mm -hmm. So it's not even my skin, it's who I am. Mm And I think that sometimes I wonder if it's too much. Mm-hmm. And then I have to check myself. I said, first of all, we're in the entertainment industry. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so me being myself should never be a threat unless you feel threatened by me. That, that's something you have to deal with. Right. Yeah. But I shouldn't have to dim myself for your insecurities. Right. Yeah. You know, but this, what, I mean, the way I'm talking right now took time to build. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I think maybe when I was younger, I would already bring myself four notches down. Before, like, I even opened my mouth because I assumed already by the way people treated me, that's how they were already going to interact with me. So I gave them what they wanted Mm -hmm. instead Mm -hmm. of what I could actually provide or give, you know, I mean, on like the highest level that I could. So I think that over time, it's just building that confidence and knowing who you are. And like, literally, your skin color is only skin deep. Mm -hmm. Like, what more do we have to provide? as a person that your skin will only just reflect the beauty that's inside you, you know? So, Absolutely. I mean, it's, it ain't easy out here to be dark and lovely, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because everyone doesn't always have the glasses to see your beauty, right. you know? I
2: also think it's so interesting because I definitely feel like blackness is making a comeback oh, in yeah, like a really strong way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so you think about like the hot, like let's talk about men let's hop off of women for a second because we're so hard on each other but you know like people go on and on about like kofi you know Mm -hmm. yeah um idris elba like there's some like black like people and i think blackness as a whole is really making a comeback and people are learning to finally appreciate that like extra dose of melanin Mm -hmm. so it's really interesting for me i I'm nervous about that. Like, I'm wondering if it's like a phase. Mm. Like, if people are just gonna like slide back into that like colonial mindset, where mm-hmm. it's like, okay, like black people had their time. Like, let's go back to like, oh, yeah. at, like light skin is better, right? So that that for me, it's almost like to your point, Alex, about like fetishization. It's like, can we swing all the way the other way and kind of take it too far? Like, can we just be be black and that be enough? And have
0: mm-hmm. a variety of, it doesn't, all exactly. of us don't need to identify ourselves as societally beautiful, like, because that's not a thing. Right. It is so much of like who you feel you are. And and I hope that we never go back to this time when, when people didn't feel beautiful. I think with social media and just how much access we have now. That's mm-hmm. not even possible. And like we see too many types of beauty. It's so funny. I look mm-hmm. at my, um. My Instagram like Explore page, mm-hmm. and literally it's just filled with a lot of really beautiful Black women, mm-hmm. which I don't know whether it's like a bunch of Black women in quotes, and I'm just mm-hmm. like looking at pretty Black girls on my. Mm-hmm. I don't know
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> your algorithm, I, yeah.
0: is like, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it. I, I hope and I feel to me that that's like me seeing my sisters as my beauty standard. Mm-hmm. Like I see Black women, I'm like we are so beautiful. Like I. Like I think all women are gorgeous, but I look at us and I'm just like, damn, like there are so many beautiful black women and women of color. And we just come in all the shades, all the sizes, all the types, and we all get to own our beauty, especially on social media. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really cool to see us just like everybody flourishing with or without makeup, you know, without hair extensions, Mm -hmm. with hair extensions, you know, all that stuff. But I think so much of it is like now. It is how do you identify your beauty for yourself? And Mm -hmm. like I had to reclaim my beauty because I let it be in the hands of other people. Mm -hmm. You talk about being fetishized or talk about, you know, being a model or an actor Mm -hmm. and so much of your beauty, your beauty is identified by whether you book a job or whether someone Mm -hmm. else thinks you're beautiful, what Mm -hmm. guy wants to take you on a date. I had to do the work of saying forget all that noise. Like I am beautiful and amazing and intelligent and special because that's the energy that I bring. Like That's what I offer to the table. That's what I own. But yeah, I feel like I've had to kind of take it inwards a little bit and Mm -hmm. say, "Uh uh-uh, let's let's figure out who this is baseline for me so that society cannot dictate whether I feel good or bad that day.
1: You know, I think the hardest thing too is not, is most times it's never really what people say is what people show you know because it was crazy I keep going back home to Ghana I spoke to my cousin my cousins my little cousins were talking they're probably like you know I think they were 10 or 8 and they were just saying that they were talking about the kids that they want to have in the future and they're like I want my kid to be light skinned long hair and they were literally describing a child that looked nothing like them and I had to almost snatch them <laughs> and because I know where they're going with this. Mm-hmm. And I said, why do you want your child to look nothing like you? Mm-hmm. They really couldn't answer it. Why? Mm-hmm. Because it's not something that's naturally said. It's something they see all the time mm-hmm. through images, through pictures, through magazines, through all these things that is just so scary how young it starts. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. unless you are aware, you are gonna let that child grow up with that and it's going to be hard for them to break it when they're high school, when they're in college. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's just like also making sure what can we do? What action, actions can we take that the next generation of beautiful, brown, dark, light skinned children, people of color know that you're light, I'm dark, but we're still beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, instead of just thinking one is better than the other.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean. There's a, there's a thread going around on Twitter and it was just like, black girls post photos of you wearing yellow. And there's a whole thread of black women <laughs> in yellow. And when I tell you, it was just like, bam, 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 right? everybody <laughs> looks gorgeous. And you realize black girls look good in yellow. We like do. it's just a thing, right? <laughs> so I think the more of that, like that positive outreach we yeah. can do, like I think that that's a really cool way to one, bring us all together and not make it, not have it feel like it's some kind of like competition amongst women it's like we are all different shades and we all rock yellow and like you know like here we are collectively not only on this thread but we can be you know collectively support each other in real life and like demonstrate and show those kinds of um moments and acts of solidarity right i have you know three younger sisters who were like in high school middle school i have a young black daughter who is gorgeous. She's so adorable. she is. Um, oh my gosh. And I'm terrified for her because <laughs> <laughs> I don't want her to lose that spark and that joy mm-hmm. and that like that naivety that like the world is so amazing mm. and the imagine imagination that she has to do and be anything, right? Um and so I think we I think we came through a time and we made it out okay. But right. like it's also like what Essie was saying, it's our duty to inform the next generation so we're not backsliding. Like We should always be moving forward and upwards as much as possible to continue to support each other and mm-hmm. one another so that our there are no ideal beauty standards. Mm-hmm. It's just beauty, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's what I'm striving for because I know at the end of the day, right, I don't ever want to have a conversation with my daughter where she tells me, She doesn't think she's beautiful because I'll be like, "Baby girl, where, (laughs) how? Like, have you seen yourself?" And so I think it's it's very important for us to like shine a real mirror up to ourselves and to uh, like the next generation, right? And not those like circus mirrors that like distort you and make you feel unwanted and 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 unreal. Um, and then I'll just say this, you know, because I have a young black girl who's literally following my footsteps, I'm very conscious about who I am and how I carry myself even more so than I think I I was before. And so, you know, I think that there's definitely something to be said about, like, like just finding someone who you can shine a light into their world. And hopefully, like, they do the same for you. And and that's the message of, like, sisterhood, motherhood, whatever you want to call it, that, like, I we all could really use um, at this point in life for sure.
0: So good.
1: <laughs> no, I yeah. No, sorry. I was just going to say, I think why goals and shit is so beautiful too, because you have two women with different shades of melanin. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we reflect so many women we see in our lives all the time, mm-hmm. you know, but you hardly see them on screen or just in different type of content where it's not this, um, this stereotypical image of our, um, our culture. You know, so it is fun to, because I mean, people look at us and just like, you guys remind me of my friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like you guys look like normal women of color, just trying to figure life out. Mm-hmm. And that representation alone means something to somebody, yeah. you know, and it's just like she looks just like me, mm-hmm. but she she believes she's beautiful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that one thing could change somebody's perception of who they are. And I think that alone is beautiful.
0: And necessary. Yes. that there's definitely such a trend of, like, you know, Black women owning our space and owning our beauty. And we're starting to see a lot more darker-skinned women. But, I mean, if you look at the big stars, still, they're often lighter-skinned, mixed-race women, you know that are on the the movie posters with the multi-ethnic cast, you know, representing oh, the black sure. community. Right. it's still the Yeah, the very ambiguous <laughs> woman, which is also beautiful and also necessary because that is an entire community that deserves to feel they're beautiful too. But, you know, it is it's definitely time for us to have more more women that truly reflect the black community perceived as beautiful in mm-hmm. these blockbuster films. Right. In these films that are showing in China. You right. know what I mean? These films that are doing a billion dollars in revenue. Right. Like we need more of that too. And I think it's happening for but sure. But I mean
2: that's why Black Panther was such a success. Like yeah. Yeah. people were dressing up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone shaved their heads, Girl, but like uh, no. you know you thought about it because they were it was like the first the first time for me where I was like oh my goodness, look at this black woman with no hair, right? That's a big thing. Yeah. Black woman no hair yeah. and she is running things and look at those cheekbones. Like there was nothing yeah. To hide her beauty or mask Mm. her beauty. There were no Mm. bangs covering her face. She was pure and, you know, the essence of Blackness without colonization. Like, that was the whole premise Mm. of the film. Mm. And so you don't see a lot of lighter skinned Black people in that movie. And that was intentional because they wanted to show, like, this is Blackness as well. And we should appreciate it. And we haven't been appreciating it so long. So once again, let's just throw it in your face yeah. and like celebrate it. And it was celebrated in a in a truly meaningful way. So, beautiful. you know, shout out to all of them.
0: Yeah. Shout out to all the beautiful people in the world, which is Ooh. all of you. <laughs> which just everyone listening to this podcast right now. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah.
1: Anything else, ladies? I think just the last thing is like, I think, I don't know if we already answered this, but how did we overcome? Mm. Because I think like we spoke about our problems, but we really didn't talk about how we overcame it or how we're still overcoming it excuse me Mm. so that someone who's listening would know some of the steps that they could take
2: i just smiled more i think Mm. i think that's all i did i don't remember actively doing otherwise i remember just reminding myself that like clay you have a good smile like use it you know like figuring out whatever it is about you that you love and like showing that to the world and being confident in that, I think you'll slowly expand into other aspects of yourself, your life, who you are, and, and start to be confident about those as well, right? Um, I like dabbled into makeup when I was in high school, obviously not to the extent that, you know, the girls are doing it now. <laughs> um, but, you know, whatever makes you feel beautiful and feel loved, right? And, and for me, you know, a part of that, was the external validation of my peers so I like went out for homecoming queen and like was involved in all these different like extracurriculars and sports and stuff like that just like whatever it took for me to feel like I was being purposeful and whatever I needed to build my confidence and honestly I'm a very competitive person. So like give me something to go up against and like watch me kill it. Right. So uh, for me, it was just like deciding what my demons were and then deciding to fight against them. You know, how about you?
0: Yeah. um, I think for me, something that just resonated, what you said is being purposeful. Like, I find so much value in being useful um, and having a purpose that's outside of a beauty and I guess my my situation's a little different where I was often, and I have been often validated for my looks and also not taken seriously for my looks. Mm-hmm. And I'm not some delusional, like, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> super model I'm supermodel static. model. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not like up my own, you know, butt like that, like, mm-hmm. you know. But, but I have had like, quote unquote, pretty privilege in my life. And I recognize that what, that did to me is that it made me like I said before over identify with my appearance and the work that I've been doing was really helpful for me and I think it can be helpful for a lot of these Instagram models and these women that really you know post so many photos of themselves every day and it's just like that's how they get their money too you know like that's that's their job um, is that if you look at who you are and what your character is and what about you that you love And what about you, you need to work on, you know, Mm -hmm. and I've seen where there's work that I've had to do and that I'm doing that makes me feel so beautiful because I'm honoring myself. Mm -hmm. Like why I feel beautiful now is because I know that I'm a really good woman and that I'm a strong woman Mm -hmm. who has learned a lot and has wisdom. So to me, beauty, like, you know, external beauty and external validation is awesome. And like, yeah, I love a compliment, but when I feel most beautiful is when I feel like I am being helpful and useful and using my intelligence and my internal power to contribute to the world. So that's the work that I've been doing to make sure that I have beauty that stands when I'm 60, 70, 80 in the grave, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, what about USC? I
1: would say what helped me overcome was just being surrounded by beautiful brown, dark skinned women. I mean, honestly, it's funny. I think it's really, when I went to FAMU, because when you go to an HBCU, it's It's like you see, yes. But then you start to really see the different ways we express ourselves. And I really wasn't exposed to that. I mean, I was born and raised in Tallahassee, Florida. Okay. Florida. (laughs) Florida. Florida. (laughs) And so to go to a university where I just saw so many beautiful people of color, I was like, Wow. You know, and I think through that and just being encouraged by people who look like me every day just helped gave me more confidence and more confidence. And I continue, like you all said, it's like, what do I love about myself? You know, you start to realize you start to take all those um, layers off. you were like, girl, I've been beautiful.
0: Yeah,
1: It's just unfortunate that people couldn't see it. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, I looked through their lens at myself and I took those lenses off. And I was like, I'm going to look at myself through my lens mm-hmm. and through that and through other people just assisting me on the way. I think your community is so important. you got to be in a space mm-hmm. where people are going to keep reminding you until you can stand on your own feet that you are beautiful and that you're smart. And sometimes you need more than just your mother mm-hmm. and your father to tell you, mm-hmm. you know. So I think one of the things to do is change your environment. If your environment is not reflecting you want to be or where you want to be change it then from there it'll be easier to grow you know yeah. um so after that me just going back to Ghana and living there for three years with another layer on top of me that I just felt strong I was like I'm a strong woman <laughs> and I'm soft and I'm kind and I'm funny yeah just go you to know? another country
2: like do <laughs> listen when i go, out, to go y'all can't tell me nothing when i'm in the island they're like oh you're from america yes hello How are you doing? you just you 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 will quickly learn to value yourself if nothing else and i think you know especially men from other countries they love Black yes, women, especially American Black women. So yeah. go ahead and take yourself on a little vacation. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> if you need it, you know. Self love vacation. How Stella got her groove back. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we all need to do it. Let's so do it. all I'm saying is take time for yourself. Yes. Change your environment. If your environment is not working for you. <laughs> and take the time for yourself to learn yourself. Right. And that's where I was able to grow
0: and conquer. And,
1: you know, I'm the woman I am today.
0: That's right.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, cool. I love this conversation. Actually, this is very uplifting yeah. and really beautiful. So thank you guys for listening. Make sure you follow us on socials. Goals and goals and, and, so the hard to say. <laughs> goals and shit series on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, go to goalsandshit.com. You can find our handles there. And we will catch you next time. Ciao. Thanks.